0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Known to Ramble. Josh Kuminato and Gotti Elkon here. And today, we talk about Gotti's recent trip to Orlando. We touch on the opening NFL season, and we catch up on some Premier League action. This is our last Friday episode. We're going to start moving to a Sunday release. So as always, we thank you guys so much for stopping by here and checking in with us on Known to Ramble. Welcome back Gotti. Howdy, how you doing? You've been gone for a little while here. I actually haven't seen you in person in probably
1: like two weeks. I know and I'm, I'm sunburned and I'm handsome and it's lovely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, since, since I last saw you, several things have happened. So I ha- we haven't discussed this before we started recording. I thought I'd throw a couple things at you, get your opinion on what happened. So first thing was Kevin Durant said that he's going to stay in Brooklyn net. He says he's going to play for Steve Nash. He says all is good. Kumbaya, baby. It's all (laughs) back to normal.
1: Steve Nash is okay with it. You know, upper management's okay with it. Uh, It's rubbish. It sounds great. I love it. It means chaos because what a season we'll have of Brooklyn melting down before our eyes. It's going to be next to LeBron's failures. It might be the most exciting season
0: ever. So we get Kyrie and KD back together when uh, neither of them want to be there.
1: It it Doesn't it seem like there's going to be a major move, though, by midseason? One of them will be moved. I think it's going to make a playoff contender that just needs to go and do it. And it could be like the Knicks, for instance, because they didn't do anything. So I think that's an interesting move. Mitchell going to Cleveland made it really intriguing. And I loved how much he was excited by it. If you look at two players going to teams, Durant is not a happy boy, but Mitchell looks like he's excited. He kept half the team.
0: The The Cleveland Cavaliers team is now very, very interesting to me because they have two very interesting bigs. And in Evan Mobley looks awesome. And he looks like he could be you know a stud center who's holding down the paint. You got Jarrett Allen, who definitely looks like he's... I mean, he's been playing great. He's more of, you know, more defensive and, you know, uh, rebounding. He's a go
1: bear type style. Rebound yeah, yeah. and blocks.
0: Yeah, but not for the price. And then, <laughs> and then you got um, Darius Garland. They just signed him to the big extension. He's shown that he can, you know, be a scorer. He was an all star last year. And so they have a lot of really fun young pieces together. I. Don't really understand. To me, I don't really understand why Cleveland would push all the chips in on that piece right now, because I feel like they're still a couple years away. And so I, th- I feel like by the time they're really hitting their stride, that's going to be when Donovan Mitchell's ready to walk away. And so I don't know. They gave up a lot. Uh, they, they threw in Colin Sexton, which they hadn't really signed, so that didn't really matter to them. But they gave up Laurie in They gave up their first round pick from this year. Ochai uh, uh, Agbaji. I think he was the guy from Kansas. Yeah. Um, 300 un- unprotected first round picks and two pick swaps. So in essence, six first round picks cause they got their first round pick from this year too. And that's a lot. I will say it's basically, it's a very similar package to what Gobert took, what got Gobert. So Danny Ainge is now loaded up again. We saw it in Boston when he was loaded with picks, he knew what to do with them. And now he's loaded with picks again. He's like, Utah has become the, uh, OKC part two, where they just have tons of first round picks over the next few years. So I'm interested in seeing what they get to do. Um, that being said, now that the Jazz have like offloaded everything, I want you to step in as the Dallas Mavericks GM for a second. Which one of the Jazz's leftover pieces are you taking? Are you wanting Clarkson, which is probably going to cost a little bit more, probably going to cost you a player and a first round do you want Bogdanovich, which is probably going to cost a salary dump and maybe like two second rounds or a first round? Or do you want Mike Connelly, which I think will probably be the cheapest just because of his age?
1: I, I love Bogdanovich. I wanted Bogdanovich three years ago. I think that guy's a uh, – he can shoot the rest of his career, and it's going to be a lovely treat for Luka to be able to just spit it out and get a three there. It, it's, it's, it's a treat for – to see these a number of players open. I mean, the Jazz are going to—it's them and the Spurs going after the kid, basically, in the draft next year. So these teams are going to be picked apart. I mean, Jacob in San Antonio, I think, is gone, the big center. Um, there, there's a lot of viable players outside of the Jazz, too, though. If I'm the Mavs GM—who, by the way, if you listen to uh, all the Smoke podcasts, there's a lot of references from players about him when he was at Nike— Nico sounds like the
0: coolest cat in the building. He sounds awesome. Like <laughs> I want to hang out with that guy. I know the fact that like right after Spencer gets traded here, he hits that game winning three, and the first thing he does, he runs up to him and daps him up and is like, "Thank you for bringing me here." I was like, "This is a different GM." That being said, we've already talked in another podcast about how I'm not happy with our summer so far. So it's been terrible. I'm he. He seems cool, but he needs to do. He needs to keep doing what he was doing more with the Spencer Dinwiddie trade and less with the fumbling the Jalen Brunson as, asset. Now, last question. La- last question I'll give to you before we jump into kind of our football frenzy where we we hit some NFL football and we hit some some British football. A lot of football. A lot footy. of fo- fo- footy football is. Um, you just got back from Orlando. Yes. I want you to tell me what was the best part of Orlando? What was what was the most memorable thing that was happening there?
1: Well, we spent a lot of time at the beach, which I didn't get to do beforehand. We were at Cocoa Beach and, and south of there. Um, it's, it's a lovely uh, part of the country. I think um, being out there was, is a lot of fun during this time of year, especially it wasn't crazy busy even though it was right before Labor Day. And they had the launch, which kept getting canceled, so it was fascinating to see like just all the chaos amongst it because Orlando's pretty busy with no sports or anything just you know i guess that's the power of a, a launch can have um but i love the beach man it
0: was a lot of fun nice well that's just a little little taster as we get into this first little episode first little episodes i think this is our sixth little episode that was wrong. sixth yeah. sixth episode um, but as we get into the first part of this episode, uh, we are calling this our football episode. So we're going to start with a little preview of the NFL season. It got started last night with um, Rams and uh, Bills. So we'll, we'll touch on that just a little bit. But then we're going to give kind of our predictions for for some stuff going down with some teams. And uh, after that, our second segment, we're going to make sure that we hit some Premier League football because a lot has happened and i'm not gonna lie it's been exciting and i i can't wait to talk about it so thank you guys for joining in here on known to ramble
1: welcome back excited josh to to chat about nfl football i mean we just had the really exciting Buffalo Rams game last night, and what a great opener to the season. It, it's got me, you know, really excited. I know it's got you excited. I've I got my fantasy football team ready to fire this season. Luckily, no one played last night. Um, but I, I'm, I'm excited to kind of chat about what this season can, can unfold. It's the 103rd NFL season, supposedly.
0: Oh, my gosh. 103 years of this, and... For my entire lifetime, I've been given nothing but Cowboys hell. So <laughs> that's very interesting. But yes, no, I'm excited about the season. I always get overhyped about the Cowboys. That's my team, obviously. And um, I thought one way that we could kind of get into this, if if you don't mind, is talk about some of the big you know, moves, trades, offseason signings that went to these different teams because I think that will then kind of set the stage for us maybe giving some predictions of what we think is going to happen.
1: I love it. And there's It was a busy offseason. I mean, you had some crazy things with like Deshaun Watson and some of those stories, but I'm thinking you're talking about more player movement and uh, kind of possibly the one big, big move for me was was Russell Wilson going to Denver. I think it's changed the whole dynamic of both uh, conferences. It's, it's definitely changed the AFC West into quite possibly the division to watch. I mean, all those teams are playoff bound, looking squads, and Russell Wilson. Wow, what a talent to go to Denver. Denver is going to go at it again with another veteran quarterback.
0: Denver already had a solid defense last year. I believe they are actually top five. And uh, so, when you're adding, you know, a veteran quarterback that knows how to take care of the ball to a team where your defense can keep the other teams low-scoring games, I think I think Denver is going to be going to be surprising as well.
1: And they have their brand-new coach, Nathaniel Hackett, who's Aaron Rodgers' offensive coordinator, the one who's turned him into an MVP these last few seasons. Given a younger, more athletic Russell Wilson playing in that nasty environment where teams can't breathe when they come into town, I, Denver's an interesting squad.
0: Absolutely. And uh, some so that if we're kind of in the trade realm right now, like you were talking about with Russell Wilson, he got traded to the Denver Broncos. You know, as you're saying, Deshaun Watson got traded to Cleveland. I don't see think we'll see him on the field any time and for good reason. I don't really care to watch him play football ever. I'm good. Um but Devontae Adams traded to the Raiders. He specifically wanted to go there to play with uh his, you know, college buddy Carson. Um not Carson, uh I just went blank on his oh, name. Oh, Derek Carr. Derek Carr yeah yeah, 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 Derek Carr. Um California boys, yeah. totally, yeah, yeah. So uh he he wanted to get traded there, so he so they could play together. It's the best probably receiver Derek Carr's had since you know young Amari Cooper. So um yeah, that, now, I think another AFC
1: West to- squad getting better. I mean, they were in the playoffs last year. They add let's arguably the best receiver in the game. um Devonte Adams is just as talented as Cooper as as Justin down in Minnesota or up in Minnesota. But, no, I mean, there's there's a lot of squads making moves this season. It was an electric year. I mean, if you're staying in it, we even saw people get in trouble for making moves. Steven Ross in Miami, uh, the owner, is banned the whole year because of the moves he made and the chaos he caused with the coaching previous coaching uh, move, who luckily um, Pittsburgh did the right thing, bring him on board as a coordinator. Um, but there's a, a lot of great stories along this season. Um, and, and especially in a year where I think we can see the AFC kind of take a stranglehold. These teams just got better on that side of the world.
0: Yeah, the AFC's looking pretty nasty. And uh, some, more, some more people who moving in the AFC. Khalil Mack going to the LA Chargers improves that defense. He's an absolute stud. They also got JC Jackson. So, you know, the Chargers got better too. And, I, you know, with Justin Herbert, I think they're going to be really, really interesting.
1: I love Jackson more than, than Khalil even more because a shutdown corner like that with Adams in that division now, with whatever Denver's calling their number one, Cortland Sutton, whoever, with, honestly, Kansas City not having Tyreek. I mean, that team is defense. That that could be the 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 piece needed because the offense was there. Herbert's been able to, to find his players, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I think they have really a, a Swiss Army knife in the backfield in Austin Eckler. Chargers look great. The AFC West, any of these teams could honestly win their division, could win the Super Bowl, not make the playoffs. It's going to be an insane season.
0: That's going to be the probably the toughest division, I think. Um, you just touched on the last one that I would say was, in my opinion, was one of the bigger trades, and that was Tyreek Hill mm-hmm. going to Miami. Um, he's just so freaking fast and can get open anywhere. Isn't it perfect? Yeah, yeah. The
1: Cheetah going to Miami, it's going to be – so much fun for the fan base. I think a player of that caliber in Kansas City doesn't make sense. Just, you know, they're, you know, they Mahomes is enough, so you can go with that, but I I love the move for Tyreek. I think he can explode there. Tua might not be his quarterback after this season. We'll see, maybe an older gentleman down in the other side of Florida, but I really think Tyreek Hill is that player the NFL needs. Maybe off the field he should keep his hand to himself, but other than that I think you say that to a lot of players out there. So I I I love that move. I like Miami's uh offensive mindset. I don't think the team's going to be great, but
0: you know, Tyreek will be exciting and
1: I might be able to go a game or two now that I'll be on that side of the planet.
0: Ooh, nice, mm. true. Um so like that I think that takes us into some of the signings, the big signings of the offseason. Um obviously TB12 returns to Tampa Bay. He 'm I'm, I'm, he didn't make Giselle happy with that from what we've all heard
1: well he went to the Bahamas recently. I think they're okay now
0: <laughs> and uh you know another big resigning for uh another big quarterback resigning a Rouj goes back to Green Bay so you and know. then they let his
1: main receiver leave yeah it's a weird situation up north. I hope it's frigid and cold and and uh he might have some cool shirts,
0: but uh Aaron Rodgers is in trouble this year I'm just saying the two the two grandpaws are back in there and they're <laughs> they're Proper places. Uh, Von Miller leaves LA, goes to Buffalo. And That's I, a grandpa you
1: don't want to mess with right I there. Think,
0: I think that is a beautiful signing. If you watch, if you look, I mean, those that watched last night, he uh, was an absolute beast and dominated last night through, for that defense. Um, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into Buffalo more in just a little bit, but that was a great signing.
1: He has a thing with the idea of he wants to win a third Super Bowl with a third team, first player ever to do it, and I hope that Texas boy does it because he has the tenacity and the fire, and honestly, with Aaron Donald in front of him, who wouldn't want to rush that?
0: It was uh, was I'm just Duncanville?
1: Yeah, no, uh, where's, uh, I don't think it was Duncanville, south of there. Yeah, yeah. He's Man. a country boy at heart. So switching it. to Buffalo's defense, I mean, it's a different type of game. I mean, he had Donald in front of him for so that last season, so it'll be exciting to see uh, that chance. But we'll talk about Buffalo, as you said.
0: Another big defensive move that I thought was huge, Marcus Williams from the Saints going to uh, Baltimore. Stud safety, I think he's going to help out up there. I'm not really sure what Baltimore's doing, but...
1: They, they, John Harbor has always been steady. Uh, Lamar Jackson contract news has been in the the wind, but Lamar basically said it's the season. We're going to go out there. I, I like them in that division. Even if Dobbins doesn't come back fully healthy on the offense, that defense always comes to play. They won't have Wink because he's over in New York helping my, you know, my giants look halfway decent, even though we're going to suck. Uh, the Ravens are, I think a contender and, Lamar Jackson will lead the way, but that defense is nasty. They they replaced basically Jefferson with with Williams and I think that's a
0: great move. So the next the next three that I'm going to get to are players that left my Dallas Cowboys. Um the first up was Randy Gregory. He went to Denver. Uh, apparently, we were offering the same amount of money, but we put some stipulations in our contract about his off-field behavior that he didn't appreciate and
1: weeds legal in Denver last time I checked Josh
0: that's I think that's a big reason that helped for him as well um Lyle Collins to Cincinnati
1: that's that's a to me that's the the loss right there of of the players you'll get to but we'll 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 talk about Collins
0: loss yeah um yeah obviously you we, we all know the news with their offensive line we'll talk about that in a second but uh also from the offensive line, Connor Williams to Miami, you know, he was, I don't think he ever quite lived up to the hype that we thought he would be here, but he was definitely a steady and solid above average, you know, starter.
1: You wish you had him back, don't you?
0: 100%. And so, you know, those three going that, that obviously hurt. We also had, um, or th- this isn't a cowboy player, but we also, uh, we saw Juju Smith-Schuster go to KC. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, Pat Mahomes will be able to use him as a weapon. That'll be really, really good for him because it's Pat Mahomes.
1: You know, playing off of the idea that Kelsey's going to be kind of their number one threat, I think Mahomes has an opportunity to find a new receiver. And Juju didn't have any love with Big Ben or any of those quarterbacks up there, weirdly enough. I think in an environment like Kansas City where the receivers are able to kind of move around, I like Juju in that system. Nice. Well... And speaking of Cowboys who left, Amari, the loss of Amari Cooper is going to haunt this receiving core.
0: We'll get to that too. That was a terrible decision, but we'll, we'll talk more about that. The last kind of one that I have on my list right here is um, Mitchell Trubisky to Pittsburgh. Uh, they've named him the starting quarterback. We, I feel like we saw what he was in Chicago, but you never know. A change of scenery could do somebody good. Um,
1: Josh, this is the, the NFL is not for long. That's the statement on Trubisky's. I think uh, the rookie kid there from uh, Pitt is going to go back and win that job. I think Kenny Pickens is the future of Pittsburgh. I think it's obvious. I think Tom was doing a a smart thing, kind of keeping his rookie off on on a little bit of a leash. Trying to see if his running back is fully healthy is going to be most important. Najee Harris is the heart of that team. And he had a little bit of an injury that they kind of kept pretty quiet on the offseason. There were other big things popping in the NFL news cycle. So Najee Harris's health is a big concern. And uh, I thought they had a good draft. George Pickens as receiver might be rookie of the year, in my opinion, um, if Mitchell or anyone else is throwing him the ball.
0: So... I think that brings us to a good, a good point where we should get into some of our predictions, start talking about some of the teams that we think um, you know, really have a shot. We've already said that we think the AFC is pretty stacked, so why don't we start with the NFC? And I'll go ahead and start with my Cowboys. I'm not saying that I think that they're going to be some kind of contender or anything, but what I literally wrote down in my notes is, here we go again, same old hype, probably same letdown.
1: They are a playoff team. That's better than where they've been previously the last you know, decade prior to this one. But I agree with you. I think this division is the worst in the NFL. Um, I don't see any of the other three teams, including my Giants, doing anything. Philly might be the most complete team, but I don't trust their quarterback as much as anyone else. I think Dallas has a defense to Reckon with. Um, Micah Parsons, to me is LT Jr. should have been a giant, but I'll cry about that for the rest of my life. That kid is a stud. He's a superstar with a healthy Jackson in front of him on that front line. Um, and honestly, one of the more exciting cornerbacks. He may allow a lot of yardage, um, but him and his little boy are the cutest thing to watch and adorable in the, <laughs> the offseason. Um, I, 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 I can't go against the Cowboys winning the division as usual, but like you said, I think they'll probably be third or fourth in the – in the run of it, the 10 11 wins is probably about right and i think they're a playoff letdown as usual.
0: I think that the offensive line is going to be the downfall. I'm super worried about it. Uh Tyron already went down. We resigned um Peters or we signed Peters from the Eagles who's always hated us, but now he loves us apparently. So mm-hmm. um but you know, he's old. He's I don't I'm not convinced he can make it through a whole season. Like you said, I wish I had Lyell. I wish I had Connor. Um, but I'm not sure we could have afforded, afforded them, but, uh, the defense does look nasty. I am excited about that. I think the front, uh, the front seven is going to be very, very good. Um, I will say there's a lot of people, there's a lot of hype for Philly right now. And I personally, I don't get it. I think they brought in a lot of good players. Uh, I think, you know, they have some good talent, but I am not convinced that Jalen hurt, uh, Jalen hurts can be a pocket presence, Um and like limit the turnovers. Like last year, he had 16 touchdowns, but he had nine turnovers to those 16 touchdowns.
1: He's also not had a a receiver to throw to like AJ Brown. Devontae Smith is still in that lineup. That's an electric group. I I like Philly. I I think Philly can be a team. I'm I'm agreeing agreeing with you. And I don't trust Jalen as a complete quarterback. I think Dak's a better thrower, but Dak might be on his back the whole time. Jalen's running ability is what makes the team exciting. Just like. Honestly, this is a running quarterback division. Daniel Jones runs the ball a lot. Uh, who cares what's going on in Washington? They're the Commanders. We don't really need to talk about them.
0: <laughs> okay, so if we're if we're continuing on with the NFC, um, what's the team that you see as a true NFC contender?
1: Well, a lot of the talk is is will be about Tampa and you know Brady. I mean, they got a stacked team. Bringing in Julio Jones was a big move. I think he still got some juice with him. He knows how to route run pretty well. He's still a big body. With their injuries, with uh, Godwin, um, they need another second guy next to Mike. Um, I, I think Brady's going to be fine. I think he had a nice little vacation. He's back now. And that defense has got some players. Shaq Barrett's a legit superstar. Uh, there's some, some stars there. Todd Bowles is a great coach. He's an underrated coach, a defensive guru. I like Todd Bowles there. Uh, but my team, my team I'm going with in fantasy with, uh, and also in this season, I think this is the year Minnesota – takes over the NFC. I think Kurt Cousins has an off, uh, a head coach, Kevin O'Connell, who will be able to unearth uh, Cousins' abilities. I think he may have a Drew Brees-style breakout season this late in his career where the little guy can run around and find possibly one of the best receiving duos we've ever seen, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Um, they have Dalvin Cook. They got a great backup to him and running back in Matheson. Minnesota's offense, to me, is reminding me of Moss, Chris Carter, Randall Cunningham. like That day when they were setting records, I, I love Minnesota. That's half my fantasy football
0: team. Interesting. I Personally, I, I don't trust Kirk Cousins. I, I would love to see that happen, like you're saying, because they're, they're a really fun team to watch. I would love to see him slinging around the yard to all those receivers and weapons he has. But I find it hard to... To trust Kirk.
1: Kevin O'Connell was the offensive coordinator for the Rams last year. He's the guy behind Cooper Cup, behind Stafford getting that ball out. Matthew Stafford looked horrible last night because he was trying to do some new scheme stuff. McVay's trying to tweak this offense to be run and pass. O'Connell was what made them a Super Bowl contender. Minnesota will be in the running because of the coach. That dude is... People were talking about Mike McDaniel going to Miami. Don't, don't rubbish. That, nothing. This guy in Minnesota is the offensive mind to watch out for.
0: All right. You heard it here. Probably not first. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I mean, Green Bay can't bet against Aaron Rodgers. I mean, playing there, they're almost
1: guaranteed a couple wins just at home. And they play my Giants at Tottenham, speaking of three London-based games. So, I hope my Giants kind of upset them in Tottenham. That'd be a lot of fun in sweet London. London has three games. There's a German game at the Alonso Arena. And then Mexico City has San Francisco, Arizona. Uh, this is, it's going to be a fun fall for the NFL. They're trying to compete with the World Cup, and they're pulling out some, some interesting choices. The Estado uh, Ateca in Mexico City for football, it's 100,000-plus people. It's, it's insane.
0: Nice. Well, I think let's go ahead and jump over to AFC. Give me some of your – why don't you, why don't you uh, lead us through this side? Give, give me some of your teams that you want to talk about.
1: Well, we saw the team that's the talk of the NFL, Buffalo Bills, Absolutely. Uh, 13 seconds away from beating Kansas City last year, probably from winning the Super Bowl. I think Buffalo was the best team last year. To me, all they've done is gotten tighter and better. They lost Cole Beasley. They replaced him, uh, um, the guy from Washington, uh, uh, not, not Landry, um, Jarvis. And I, I, I like Josh Allen as the MVP. I, I think he's the most exciting quarterback. He's big, versatile, and he's got a fun kind of happening style about him. I think he's enjoying this. And to see that at a young kid who's capturing his offense, Stephon Diggs look great. It uh, doesn't really matter. the running backs because the their best running back is Josh Allen. So I, I like Buffalo a lot. The defense is nasty. It's hard to play up there. Sean McDermott's a great coach a gritty group of uh, characters up there. The other team I like is, we kind of hinted at them earlier, but Baltimore. I've always liked John Harborough. I like Lamar Jackson. If he's fully healthy, he's one of the most exciting players. And I, I think those two juggernaut teams and, and those fan bases are yearning to get back into the fold of it. Enough with Kansas City and their barbecue. Let's see some nitty-gritty go into the Super Bowl. Buffalo, Baltimore. It'd be a fun, nasty Super Bowl that I don't think the NFC has anyone that can contend with it. Rams certainly couldn't last night.
0: It, well, AFC Championship, not Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, 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 I agree. Both of those teams, I think they're they're two of the top ones. The I, the one thing that is makes me nervous about Lamar Jackson is he did get injured last year. He did go down a little bit. So if they lose him, I'm not sure what they can do without that kind of playmaker. Um, another team I'm really excited to watch though is the chargers. I think Justin Herbert is awesome. I think that he's going to be real. He's going to take more, uh, another stride this year. I also think, uh, that they're loaded with playmakers. Mm-hmm. They have playmakers all over the field. And so that's always exciting to watch. And, um, yeah, I think the chargers could be fun to watch coming out of the AFC too.
1: And possibly the most tough defense to play against, because we talked about Khalil Mack. We talked about Jackson and the cornerback, but, Bosa up front is a handful. Both Bosa boys, both in California, are handfuls. I think Joey has something going with him in San Diego. I think he's a nasty tear player. I think he'll get to Mahomes. I think he'll get to Derek Carr. And I think he'll love
0: getting to Russell Wilson. And I love their uniforms. I always love the Chargers blue. The bolts. Oh, yeah. great. So you touched on him earlier, Kansas City. Um, Pat Mahomes, obviously, anytime he's out there, he's going to be able to make plays for you. I think I'm with you, though. I think that some of these other teams are going to be able to make it take a stride past them.
1: I, I, I see them making the playoffs. I see them win that division. I don't see them being dominant. And I think teams like Indianapolis has a full team. I think Tennessee's still nasty. Cincinnati's still there. We haven't even talked about them. They were in the Super Bowl. Cincinnati's going to be trouble. I think a team like the Jets might be good. The AFC's going to be crazy this year.
0: Yeah, I think it's. I think it's gonna be a really, really fun season to watch. Uh, it starts on Sunday, and um, I know it, everybody's gonna be watching with us. So, you know, here we go. let Go get Giants! Yeah. Go Giants! Ugh, get out of here. Ugh, we oh, look bad. Speaking of Orlando, where you just were, fun time. You were telling me that you actually got to go to a pretty awesome soccer event here in you know in the U.S.
1: Yeah. Uh, on the Wednesday I arrived, we won uh, basically a ticket package to uh, to the game that night, and it was pretty epic. They were uh, down to nothing. It was one of the best games I've seen in a long time. They went ended up winning three two. Facundo Torres kind of. These last five games has turned out to be a revelation. I think he's going to be a revelation at the World Cup. I think he's one of those must-see type of players now, and people are going to be really talking about this kid blowing up. I mean, I think there's a few of those in the MLS, by the way, including one of them not too far from us uh, named Jesus, who's doing pretty well. Um, Absolute stud. I, I, I really was you know, just mesmerized the first time I went to explore a stadium. It's like uh, FC Dallas, a... Soccer specific stadium doesn't have the uh, uh the Hall of Fame there, which is really nice to have here in Dallas. But as far as stadiums, I've been really impressed by what Orlando's built, the infrastructure around it. The, the whole new ownership group has taken a, a hold of getting the social media just burst out there. And then what Oscar's built in these last few seasons is an amazing team, talent rich, both the starting 11 and I think their explosive bench. I mean, they scored three goals off that bench in the last 20 minutes. It was incredible. And the Torres could have had a hat trick in the U S open would have been a, a first time forever of that to happen. I mean, it was uh, a, an exciting time when I was out there, but to watch the game and see the success. I mean, it was a, uh, a huge, uh, open cup championship, the first trophy for Orlando's history. And, uh, just an amazing game, amazing atmosphere, and ESPN took forever to get. I think it was ESPN. Uh, it took forever to get kind of the the trophy out and all that. So it was just a blast. You got to watch a party on TV.
0: Nice. Well, very very cool. Like like you were saying, we got a lot of uh, people that are about to show up in the World Cup that are really really showing out right now. Um, I thought one thing we could do is we could jump over to the Premier League. Of course. We started out our very first episode talking Premier League soccer, and I thought it would be a good time to kind of check in. Most of the teams have played, I think, six six games. They're, most of them were supposed to have a seventh game this weekend, but we know that with the passing of the Queen, they have postponed all um, all matches, I think. So that won't return for another week, which, you know, of course, got to pay respects, I understand. Um, but I thought it'd be fun to kind of jump into the, uh, you know, the different kind of surprise stories, um, who in the top 10 has really surprised us. And, uh, also some of the teams that where these signings that we were talking about early, how we've seen some of them make really, really, really big impacts already.
1: Yeah. It's been a, a wild season. It's been a, a topsy turvy one where we're seeing, Mainly the, the top two contenders are being pushed a little bit. I mean, Man City not being number one. Arsenal off to the hot tear is kind of the talk of town. North London in general. Tottenham doing pretty well too, buddy, right there. <laughs> uh, but, I, you know, the story of Brighton is not necessarily their place. It's what just happened with their coaching staff. Um, and, of course, that impacting uh, the other central side of London with Chelsea. Um, but, yeah, it's been an exciting season. It, it's amazing. I was reading up on the, the amount of money spent in this transfer window. Uh, 1.9 billion euros in the Premier League alone. They combined the La Liga, Serie A, and Bundesliga. That's Spanish, Italian, German leagues. Combined amount of money was less than that. So we're talking about $2.2 billion spent in England alone on players. Not in force, in 21 plus players. That's two squads. That's insanity as far as like the amount of money being thrown, the amount of owners trying to make this an exciting season. I think these clubs think it's the most wide-open potential season ever. And now with Queen's death, it becomes kind of memorable and poignant to make it a chair. A lot of these teams have affiliations uh, with the Royals. It's going to be an exciting season in all of England. It's going to be crazy to watch it.
0: So I think we should start out with some of these, like, teams that we did not see coming out of anywhere like Fulham Fulham has played so well and and uh Mitrovic Mitrovic has been balling out up front and I've I've been really really impressed by them
1: he's he, he was scoring last year he's he's a uh, a big boy first of all he's a fighter he'll go down in there and I don't think he's afraid of anyone including van Dyke. um Fulham is one of those squads that, when they're up in the Premier League, they have this small-town feel. If you look at their stadium, the cottage, it's, it has this rustic feel to it. It's a really interesting side of London. And, yeah, when Fulham's up on the, the top division, it's a lot of fun. And, God, they're, they're top ten almost. Like, this is crazy how fun this is. We saw it with Brentford last year. Why not keep it with Fulham? Nottingham Forest. All that money
0: spent is still in the relegation zone. But they still look good in their games. They, they they probably need a little time to come together and in all honesty, like while you're up right now, they're they're spending that money, they're trying to stay up, and uh, poor poor Leicester City down there is that not the talk of like they were?
1: I mean, a couple of years. This is a team that should be in the top six did with they, the talent.
0: They won what like five or six years ago. They did,
1: and it's I mean one of the greatest you know non top team successes ever. But I don't know. I mean, it's not like. This team changed that much. They only just now lost Fofana to Chelsea, but they had him the entire time before that with the the regular squad at it's the most confusing thing. West Ham looking horrible. I didn't expect that. They're loaded with talent. Those are two huge squads that are both in relegation zone.
0: They shouldn't have hired Nate as their coach. They messed up. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, West Ham, that's been really, really surprising, but, um, I, I got to talk, we got to talk about what everyone is basically calling America's team, America's Premier League team, and that's Leeds. You got Brendan Aronson, who they brought in, Jesse Marsh brought in at one of his players from uh, Leipzig, right? Yeah. Or was it Salzburg? It's Salzburg. Salzburg. It's one of the Red Bulls. But uh, brought brought him in, also brought in Tyler Adams, and Brendan Aronson has been, you know, a revelation for them. He's he's dominating that midfield. They can get the ball ball to him, and he's been setting guys up all year. You have uh Tyler Adams, who him and um Pascal Struick, the the mm-hmm. the the other guy that they brought into play, uh left back, I think. He both of them ha- are in tops in the tackles uh in the whole league, so they're they're really putting in the work. And so I've been really impressed by that high press style that they've been playing. It's gotten them caught out a couple times against a couple teams. But, you know, for them to be sitting, what, number nine when last year they were barely they, – they made it back into the league on the, the last day, um, I've been impressed with what they've been doing.
1: Yeah, nine to 17 – or 17 to nine is a pretty wild jump. Um,
0: what's, what's hilarious is Jesse's you – know, how
1: fiery he's gotten. He's been on a battle with the refs or another manager or players or the dirt around him. I mean he's hilarious. Got red heart got red carded. And justly so. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think he's he's giving a new life to this squad. Leeds is gotta be one of the the most exciting stories of the season and I think they'll continue to be. That team is loaded. Aronson making a play is how is he not the top striker in America for the World Cup?
0: Yeah, if not, definitely one of their top midfielders for sure or forwards. He's he's been so fun to watch. He when he has the ball on his feet, like he can put it anywhere he wants. It's crazy. I mean, Erling's been the talk of scoring in the I, league. I w- I didn't want to be the one to mention it. I was gonna wait to get to it, but all I wrote in my notes was Erling Holland was made for this.
1: <laughs> he's a cheat code. He's he's straight up doing things that look simple to him, and it's nasty. And he's doing it now in the Champions League, like. Ah, uh,
0: this guy's gonna terrorize England. What I love is, I mean, we all watch soccer. We we know it happens a lot. Sometimes your 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 striker, your forward, they they play for contact, and then they they sell it a little bit. You know, they they sell it because they want to try and get that that penalty shot. I Erling just goes in there and he's like I'm going to body you out every single time and he just uses that massive frame and he like the strides of a gazelle it's insane. I I've enjoyed watching him. He already is on like the fastest pace streak for Premier League or any league like ever. Um it's absolutely insane. He I think he got a hat trick his third or fourth game. So yeah. He's the
1: Viking Ibrahimovic. He's got that full talent pool. He's just there's nothing really in his game that needs to be tweaked or changed other than maybe his tantrums which he hasn't shown fully a nasty side of it in England which he's having fun it's looking simple to him and that's scary 10 goals that quick like it's uh it's a special thing the crazy thing is
0: do they need anything else cuz there's some holes in that team the thing that's scary for me about them is is the defense. It's still I mean they picked up that they picked up another kid, uh someone from Dortmund, I think. Mm-hmm. And um but I don't really see that solving their problems. I don't think you can depend on John Stones to be there for the entire year. I don't think you can same with Aki. He's always going in and out of the uh in and out of the lineup, so I think you can depend on um Joao Cancelo, he's he's shown that he can play a lot. Kyle Walker's kind of always had his in and out of in and out, uh, but Ruben Diaz is good, so I'm I'm good with like two of our six guys making it through the season, which scares me.
1: Shocking statement about to happen. The Queen saved y'all this weekend from my Spurs. By the way, nope. <laughs> I it, this this is going to be an exciting season. I can't tell you who the champion is going to be. I haven't been able to think that in a while. It's always been, oh, it's Liverpool or Man City. Man City has some, some tough competitors. The other side of Manchester being kind of one of them, which is wild. And Ronaldo's not been the man to do it. It's crazy how quick that turned around. Cause it looked nasty. The first couple of games, it
0: looked bleak. It looked very bleak through like the first three or four games. And, even, even their first win, I remember it being like, oh, it, was, it didn't feel good. So, like, I agree with you. I'm not sold on United, but they are United, so I'm sure that they'll be fine. Um, Chelsea's been surprising.
1: How they're winning and also just this has got to be the boldest move. I understand a new ownership group. I, you you want to make a statement. Do you fire a coach and won a Champions League a couple of seasons? Like, I don't, I don't know how you do that. And it's, it's a shocking move. I, I can see if you look at the coaching pool that they had, you might want to make the move. I think they want the wrong guy personally, but I also think he made the wrong choice um, in Graham coming to Chelsea. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, who knows? It's, it's all about the lineup. That was the issue with, uh, with the German is I think there was rumblings from Pulsick and other guys about playing time and about seeing their they have more wingers than they need, and then they bring in Pierre, who is a crazy character in, in a, any type of atmosphere. I mean, this Chelsea thing could, might explode, which is great. I love it explode.
0: Oh, Oba, when you put him in with anybody, like he, we saw. I mean, we saw it on the Arsenal show. I'm not or saying didn't see it. That's that's true. And so he, man, he just, I don't know if. If he can mix with that, they also have Raheem Sterling. So like you got to—he's been playing great, though. And I don't
1: think there's an argument to take him off the pitch. The guy's the only one really scoring goals for Chelsea. He looked happy. He gave a nice shout out uh, to his uh, Tulsa going out. So I thought he loved having him as coach. This this seems like a a weird behind the scenes scuffle, but and something happened. I mean, how is Brendan still coaching at Leicester and? (laughs) <laughs> Thomas Tuchel is on the bench. Like, Thomas Tuchel is one of the best managers in the world. And I, if you make this move, how do you not go for Puduccini? Like, how do you not go for Zidane? Like, how do you not go for one of these amazing coaches? I get Graham Potter's a, a local English guy, but why leave Brighton if you're him? This, none of this makes sense, Josh.
0: I'm interested to see how it plays out. And since I'm not a big Chelsea guy, I love the chaos. <laughs> let, let it burn. Let yeah. it burn. Um, Let's talk a little bit about, about Brentford. I've I've really enjoyed uh you know, Thomas Frank has got them playing really, really well. We have Ivan Tony getting a hat trick. I think it was last weekend or the weekend before. Um, so yeah, I I've, I've been really, really excited by their play. Uh what what have you thought about him? It, it it really came down to
1: me, can they survive losing Erickson? He's such an integral part of that offense. How do you unlock players like Tony? Tony was scoring before him, though. Tony's found his touch. Ivan Tony's a problem for defenses. He's athletic and speedy, and he's like 6'3". So what are you going to do with the guy? Um, plus, he's kind of hungry. He didn't have a good season last year, and they, they did well without him. Now they're all clicking. Brentford is honestly going to push these bigger clubs. Liverpool's in trouble if they face them on a, on a pace situation. I think Brentford's pace and that coach, he doesn't care. He's going to run you. He's going to run you over. I love that. What a team to who saw Brentford doing
0: this two years in a row. Absolutely not me. I'm just glad that when they came up, I decided to jump on that bandwagon and it's <laughs> been fun to ride it. Um, all right. I think, I think we have to talk about the real most impressive team by far so far has been Arsenal. They have looked incredible. Arteta's got them flying um you have guys who you know like who are already there who are just dominating Odegaard looks insane he's he's looking like baby Kevin De Bruyne out there just like setting everybody up and then whenever you bring in uh Jesus Zinchenko Mark Marquinhos um Bukayo's a wizard like they have so many players and I'm not gonna lie; they've been super fun to watch, and I it, it's one of the things where like you hate the team, but you love all the players. So you're just like watching them play. So. Well, if if you keeping up with the show has been ra- rather fun with this season because you're
1: seeing what the problems were last year that impacted them. It was off the field. It was a it was a movement of one's top talent. Um We just talked about Pierre, and to see these kids—that's what these guys mainly. I mean, Marquinhos is a little bit older. I mean, he's an ancient guy, but there's some real superstar talent in this Arsenal squad um, who England needs to keep an eye on too. And it's a fascinating story. I don't think it'll last because I hate the team. I'll go Tottenham. So that's all I'm going to say on how good they are. But um, it it has made this season really exciting to know that Man City isn't just walking
0: over people because the way they've been playing, that's what you would think. Absolutely. They, uh, They've looked so good. And it's like you were just saying, it's been really fun that like right now we have three, potentially four people that are going to be like real contenders. And, you know, some of them are unexpected. And so it's been a really, really fun start to the season. Um, and you can't count out Liverpool coming back. You can't count not. out
1: Man- Manchester United. We don't know where Ronaldo, what he's going to do. Could he go on loan somewhere? I don't know. Ooh, that'd They've be been talking Turkey of all
0: places turkey yeah there's a lot of money maybe i don't know i don't know i'm i'm not sure but um i know that we're definitely going to catch uh touch back with uh the premier league as we're going on but before we before we jumped off i wanted to get your input on uh we just kind of saw the first round of um champions league games Mm -hmm. and uh we had some american boys really really show out my boy Gio reina he had uh two assists um for dortmund Uh, you were telling me about Weston McKinney. Awesome. He if that
1: kid turns into what we think he can be, now having a chance to kind of lead that Juventus midfield, he showed it in the game and it didn't work out in the long run with the score. But Weston McKinney had a beautiful game and an
0: amazing shot. I know it's been it's been really, really fun to watch and we got a lot of American kids that are getting a lot of awesome playing time right now. They're getting a lot of great experience and one of the things that, you know, when I was starting to kind of pick up on soccer two and a half years ago, I just kept reading was like right now is the influx of all this young talent into the American team where these are going to be the kids that you see that play in the world cup and give you a chance. And so like being able to follow them for the last couple of years and get excited about them and now seeing them getting major playing time at major, major teams, major, you know, both in the premier league and, uh, and Syria and all these, it's, it's been really, really cool.
1: Yeah, it, and, it, and it's going to be special because it's going to be with us over the next eight to ten years. We're going to see this over the next two World Cups. Uh, this World Cup's going to be exciting. Granted, it's going to be unique and different and funky. It's in November, and yet it's going to be hot and crazy in Qatar. But the next World Cup being in the Americas, basically with these guys coming into their late 20s, 30s, these this is one of the world's teams to watch doesn't matter who you're talking about when you're in the conversation they could win
0: the world cup and that's a crazy
1: statement to make
0: that is so exciting to say i'm i'm not getting my hopes up cuz this is the first like really first world cup i'm invested in so i'm not trying to you know get my heart too too broken but i'm just i'm excited to see them play some some of the other top teams and just see where they match up with some, with all this young talent, and see how they stand up to that. And I think Greg Berhalter has set a high standard for them. I think I think they're ready for it. Um, that's not to say that they're going to go in and dominate and win every game or anything like that. But I I don't think that when they get there, the stage is necessarily going to be too bright. It's just going to come down can can they can they play their game?
1: It's going to be the weirdest World Cup of all time. It's going to be fascinating.
0: Well, I think that's a good place to wrap up our, our soccer talk. And uh, I think what we'll go ahead and do is take a quick break and we'll be right back here on Known to Ramble.
1: Thanks to you lovely listeners out there. I hope you enjoyed our footy football football chat. It was a blast to uh, go over the NFL season as well as some soccer talk with Josh and even had a little bit of fun with my vacation out to Orlando. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this 6th episode. Now we are switching to Sunday release days for all future episodes so 7 on out check us out on the Sunday and uh, make sure you uh, jump on the socials with us. We're on Twitter at K2R pod and on the Instagram at known the number 2 ramble Check our stories, check our posts, uh, comment, and if you've got any topic ideas, we'd love to hear from you, and have a great rest of your week.